0: Dear friends, if you're struggling with anything you've done wrong, don't run away from Jesus, run to Jesus as I have loved you. And then for all of us who've been betrayed, let's forgive them because of how much Jesus has forgiven us.
1: This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. The sting of being betrayed by someone close to us has probably affected everyone hearing my voice right now. But you know, The Bible tells of two people who betrayed Jesus. However, they were in stark contrast to one another. Here's David with the second section of his message, Learning from Betrayal.
0: Some people in apocryphal literature, which means extra biblical literature, other stories out there, one of them says that Judas Iscariot was one of John the Baptist's disciples. And when Jesus called him to be one of his disciples, he was waiting for Jesus to intercede and help John the Baptist especially when he was arrested by Herod. Well Herod had John beheaded and some people think that some people think that Judas was so angry at Jesus for not interceding and taking care of John the Baptist that this was a revenge motivation to betray Jesus. We'll find out in heaven one day. Fourth it's demonic. Any kind of betrayal is demonic. Why did the devil become the devil? You know, interestingly, as I was reading through the book of Job recently, I'm I'm reading through the Bible again this year, and in Job 40, verse 19, it talks about the first creature that God made, well, you know, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, perfect love in the Godhead, and then God created angels in the next sphere of concentric circles in order for that love to be expanded, and the angels were those first creatures whom God created for that love to expand. Evidently from Job 40, 19, the first of those creatures was Leviathan or this devil, this Satan who led a rebellion in heaven and took one-third of the angels with him who became the demons. Now, if that's the case, folks, that means it could be that Lucifer, the, the first creature, the first of the angels created by God for love saw Jesus's position in the throne of heaven and he demanded to have that position when it wasn't given to him as a creature him wanting to be God he led the rebellion and now is the devil with his legions of demons who fight against the very purposes and character of God now that would make some sense in that the devil tempted Judas to betray Jesus and then finally the devil entered Judas he took possession of Judas. So whenever there is betrayal, especially of a godly person trying to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, there's some kind of demonic power behind it. There was a demonic power, again, behind Judas. There was a demonic power from the beginning where Satan wanted to be God. It was not allowed to him as a creature, and he led the rebellion against God. So We need to recognize that the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy anybody and everybody in the church, especially if there's somebody taking strong stands for Jesus. Please pray for me. If someone is saying, thus saith the Lord, taking a prophetic stand, I can guarantee you the enemy is snarling in hatred toward that person and trying to work through other people to betray and hurt that person. Or it could be finally just simply God's plan. Here's an interesting insight. Jesus before These verses I just read to you in last week's message said that this whole idea of um, Judas betraying him is part of the plan of God found in Psalm 41, 9, where it's prophesied that the Messiah will have a heel raised up against him, and then... That heel will betray that person. And and Jesus comments on that particular psalm being fulfilled in him. Now, in Judas, we see someone who lifts up his heel against Jesus, and that was the ultimate insult in Jesus' day. Also, this is what happens with people as well. You can sneak up on somebody, and your kick is more powerful than a punch. And when you lift up your heel and you kick them especially in the middle of their back, in their solar plexus, they have the wind knocked out of them, and they have no ability to respond as well. So, so Jesus is saying here, and, and it's also talked about in John 6 when Judas is referred to, that it's a part of the plan, Th- that God knew in foreknowledge from the beginning that Judas would betray Jesus. It was a part of the plan. So a couple weeks ago, I have one of our 12 years old comes up to me and says, uh, Pastor David, Help me understand, if God is good and he knew that Adam and Eve would rebel and and he knew that Judas would betray Jesus, why do you let that happen if he's good? And, folks, the only answer I know to give is it's part of the plan. it's, It's part of the plan. God knew that the rebellion would happen with Adam and Eve. He knew that this world would become a broken mess. He knew he'd send his son into the world. He knew Jesus would die on the cross to forgive us of our sins and then give us the gift of eternal life. But here's what's so cool. Not only in our fallen enmity against God are we forgiven but we are lifted up and adopted into the family of the father as sons and daughters of the king of kings and lord of lords the bible says that the angels look at our forgiveness and they're just amazed how much God loves us it was a part of the plan What's the plan? That God would take human beings who, according to Psalm 8, were a little less than the angels, but through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus being adopted into the family of God, we are now sons and daughters of the King of kings and Lord of lords, royal blood pulsating through our veins. We're greater than the angels. And again, they're they're amazed at this story. But the cross and the resurrection are the only ways we could be adopted into the family of God and made sons and daughters. So God's using pain and suffering, even betrayal, for his purposes. It's part of the plan. All the evil in this world, it's part of the plan. God has a plan in exaltation in all of eternity that's beyond anything we could ever hope for or imagine. And the scripture must be fulfilled. When I do my end times theology class in a couple of weeks, we're going to look at how the scripture must be fulfilled in specificity about the second coming of Jesus. It must be. If this is the word of God, it's got to be fulfilled. And here, the betrayal of Judas is a part of the plan. So, one other thought. How do you then treat a traitor? How in the world do we handle somebody who's betrayed us and hurt us deeply? And here's the answer. We love. Jesus said, love your enemies. (sighs) Yep, that's what we're supposed to do. Why? That phrase that I said I'll come back to where Jesus said, as I have loved you, it is the key in John 13, 34. He said, as I have loved you, now love one another. So think about this. Every single one of us is a Judas in the sight of God. Every single one of us is an Ahithophel in the sight of God. Every single one of us, if it's true, is a Jonathan in the sight of God. In Romans 5, Paul calls us enemies of God. And yet still, even though we're enemies, sinners, godless, reprobates, shaking our puny fists against God, rebelling against him, betraying him, going behind the scenes in our own secret, ambitious ways, trying to make life revolve around us, doing things to other people that hurt them, though we were still enemies, God came to die on the cross for us. So think about the love of God for us. First of all, look at the cradle that when the Father sent His Son into the world, Jesus left the splendor of heaven to enter the squalor of this world. Look at the cradle. Jesus left all of the beauty and splendor of heaven to enter this sin infested world. If you doubt God's love, look at the cradle. And secondly, look at the cross. Think about the physical pain Jesus underwent. The crown of thorns matted on His brow. The spikes in His wrists and ankles the spear stuck in his side the six hours of agonizing physical pain suffocating to death on that cross think about the physical pain think about the emotional pain as he's wondering where are you father where are you and then also the spiritual fa- pain as the father turns his back on his son because he can't have anything to do with the son. As during those last three hours on the cross, as darkness filled the heavens, all of the sins of the world are coming upon him. The father can't have union life with his son. Jesus didn't have that with the father. The greatest thing he wanted in life he couldn't have, and it was denied him on the cross. Why? Because of love. If you doubt the love of God, look at the cradle and look at the cross. Hmm. And then think about Jesus' love of Judas. Even as he foreknew he would reject him and betray him, he chose him to be a part of the 12, knowing he would do that. He washed his feet with the other 11 before, Jesus went, before Judas went to betray him. Jesus watched his gunky, dirty, sin-filled feet. He gave him the place of honor on his left at the Lord's table even until the last moment, hoping he would know how much he was loved. In the garden, Judas kissed him to show who he was to the arresting parties, and Jesus turned to him and said, Friend, do what you must do. Until the last moment, Jesus called him friend. That's the way we're supposed to love. Is it hard? You betcha. You. We can't do it in human strength. It can only be done by the supernatural power of Jesus' love in us. But as we know his love for us, that's what he meant. As I have loved you, and we get in touch with the cross and the cradle, and we get in touch with the depth of his love for us, as we look at the extent to which he went to love us, he said, now, love one another that way. He's forgiven us a billion-dollar debt. Now he says, love even your enemy who might owe you a hundred-dollar debt. That's how Jesus said to handle this to love even our enemies, in Matthew 5, 44. One final thought. Let's look at a final comparison between the lives of Peter and Judas. For you know, they both betrayed Jesus. Peter did run away after Jesus was arrested. He did deny he knew him, not once, not twice, but he sealed the deal with a third-time confession that he did not know him. It's so interesting that in Peter's denial of Jesus, he ran away, and in Mark 16, verse 7, the angel tells the women at the tomb to go to the disciples and Peter and tell them, I'm going ahead of them to Galilee. I've always loved that. Peter's name is singled out. Why do you think? I think it could be because around that table, all the disciples were going, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Peter goes to John, ask Jesus. And Jesus says to John, it's the one to whom I'm giving this morsel of food dipped in the wine, and then he gives it to Judas. And John knows who is the betrayer. I'm not sure Peter knew, and I wonder if Peter and everybody else for at least the next days wondered if Peter was the one Jesus was talking about. That all the others thought, Peter's the traitor. He's the one. And Peter probably thought with a threefold denial, I am the one. And how wonderful it must have been to hear from the women, through the angel. Jesus wanted to make sure you knew he was going to meet you in Galilee. He singled you out. And as we'll read ahead in John 21, Jesus met with Peter on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and there he reaffirmed for Peter, not once, not twice, but three times, to offset the threefold denial, there was a threefold statement of Jesus to Peter, I I love you. I love you, and I love you. Well, Judas went and hanged himself when he realized things were so dark and desperate. Peter, on the other hand, was restored, and he became the head of the entire church. Legend has it, this isn't in the Bible, but legend has it that Peter, during his last day on earth, the Roman officials came to him and said, you're going to be crucified like your Lord. And Peter purportedly said to them, do so, But crucify me upside down, for I am not worthy to die in the same way that my Lord Jesus died. And in church legend, Peter was crucified and died with his face downward. So look at the contrast between the traitor and the traitor just for a little bit. Judas became so overwhelmed with his grief, he went and killed himself. Peter was so overwhelmed with his grief, he ran away. But here's the difference. Judas ran away and killed himself. Peter ran away and then ran back to Jesus. The the proof of whether you are a faux follower of Jesus or not is really how you spend the last day of your life. Judas spent his last hours in regret, but he didn't return to Jesus. He could have and been forgiven, I'm convinced of it, because there's no sin that you can ever, ever commit, even betraying Jesus that can't be forgiven. He gave up and killed himself. Peter ran away but ran back and received the grace of Jesus and was restored not only to fellowship but became the major figure of the early church. Dear friends, if you're struggling with anything you've done wrong, don't run away from Jesus. Run to Jesus because his grace is awaiting you as I have loved you. And then for all of us who've been betrayed, who have had people hurt us, who've done the shock and awe treatment, let's forgive them. Because of how much Jesus has forgiven us, give them to God. Don't seek revenge. Jesus will handle justice. He does it a whole lot better than we do. Romans 12, 19 promises that people who've been mistreated unjustly will have justice, either in this life or the next one, and it will be given to us, but we let the Lord do it. We refuse to do it, and in between time, we choose to love our enemies, give them to the Lord, and say, it's your job to take care of them, not mine. You practice that, folks? You've just learned a huge lesson of how to overcome bitterness in your life. When? When? Someone betrays you. To Jesus alone and always belongs all the glory. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I lift up to you those out there whose hearts are hurting because someone has betrayed them, either through a divorce or maybe stolen money from them or maybe has taken a job away from them. Whatever it might be, Lord, may they receive your love and forgiveness anew today. And may we all be courageous enough to say, I I forgive you. I don't care how painful your betrayal was. I forgive you, and I leave justice to God. He'll deal with you in his way. And Lord, we know that no one in the Bible who betrayed another person's life ended well. So we don't want that to happen, but we let you do it in your way for your glory, and we trust you. We just want to learn how to love better and love in the body of Christ. And Lord, we know too that uh, we're not supposed to eliminate those tears in the body. You said very clearly in Matthew 13, that's your job. And when you come back, you'll let the angels separate the wheat and the tares, and you will take the tares into eternal judgment and the wheat to eternal glory. We trust you with that as well, but we're not going to do it. But we do leave the back door open, Lord, and I pray that Moments of Hope Church would be filled with humble people who know they're broken but have received your grace, and we have chosen to love each other the way that you have loved us. If there's anybody out there right now who doesn't know Jesus, here's what you do. You just confess, I'm an enemy, Lord. of yours. I've betrayed you. I've hurt your cause. I've hurt your heart. I confess that to you, and please forgive me. When you do, your sins are nailed to that cross, absorbed in the beauty of God's grace, and you're forgiven as well. I pray that you would know that deep forgiveness right now, and you'd let us know if that's the case, and you'd be baptized because that is the outward expression of the cleansing of your internal heart so that you can have eternal realities for the rest of your life. Lord, I thank you for giving me the privilege of preaching. I pray I've been faithful with the text and what you've wanted me to say. I pray emotionally that you would receive all the glory for it's all about you, not me. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: You're listening to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Thanks for listening. Coming up, David joins me in the studio with a conversation about this morning's moment of hope. We'll be right back.
0: This is the Ministry Minute, focusing on ministries that have a positive impact on our community. I'm Mark McManus, and here is Jim Noble with the Dream Center Charlotte.
2: Hello, my name is Jim Noble with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Dream Center. And Bo and I, the director of the Dream Center, wanted to take a minute and tell you guys thank you. Moments of Hope, David and Marilyn Chadwick. All of you there, Dean, uh, we all been phenomenal for us. Uh, you, you've been there since 08 when we started King's Kitchen and, and that kind of grew into the Dream Center and the meals we've fed the last eight weeks probably exceeding 55,000 now I guess. Uh, we're so grateful you guys have made such an impact in the city by uh, reaching out to those that have needs greater than we have. And uh, what do you think Bud?
0: Yeah, so it's been amazing to, to just watch the, the work that's happened um, with the meals as they've gone out. You know, uh, we, I always tell people it's not about the food. It's about the relationships that are formed and the ministry that takes place. And so, in um, JT Williams and Thomasboro and Re Park, I mean, it has opened up doors that we never thought would be open. Um, you know, we've seen people come out um, and just welcomed us with open arms. Just so grateful for the meals. And, and we just thank. You moments of hope, and just this couldn't be. This wouldn't be possible without you guys. And you know, uh, the the first call we made uh, when we decided to go this route and provide these meals was the moments of hope, and it was uh, a phone call that was met with a resounding yes. And so we're so appreciative of you guys, and just um, everything you all do for us and for
2: the kingdom. And not only that, but you uh, also set into our kitchen in the Dream Center now. This week started producing meals there and as the restaurants opened back up, all the meals were shipped to the Dream Center with the kitchen you helped us do. So we're so grateful for you guys. God bless you. God bless Moments of Hope and we just pray an unlimited return, harvest on the seed you sowed into this ministry. Thank you very much.
1: I'm Jen Houston. Thanks for listening today. Joining me in the studio is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for joining us. Hi,
0: Jen. It's great to be with you.
1: Well, David, in this morning's Moment of Hope, you wrote about keeping hope fresh every day.
0: Yeah, you know, I want to be a person of hope. I want my life to be filled with hope. I mean, what's the option? The option's despair. Yeah. So that means you awaken every morning with a sense of despair, depression, discouragement. I don't want to be that person. I want to be filled with the hope of the Lord and be a hope giver mm. to other people. I, I have a friend of mine who says uh, he used to deal with dope uh, and sell that, and he was actually arrested and put in jail for a while, and he came out and met Jesus. And now he says, I am a hope dealer, mm. no longer a dope dealer. That's and good. I want to be a hope dealer. Yeah. I want to give hope to other people. So this idea of if the sun comes up in the morning, there's always hope came from my dad. And he would say to me regularly, son, look, you have a choice. You can either choose to be despairing or you can choose to be hopeful. And here's what I believe. Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23, um, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Mm. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. And dad said, you know, if Lamentations 3 is true, then that means if the sun comes up every morning, there should always be hope. Mm. So I've lived by that, Jen. Every day, I look and see the sun peeking over the horizon and giving light to the darkness. And I realize, I think that's God's 24-hour reminder Mm. that there's always hope if Mm. the sun comes up, that light drives out darkness. Live in that light, and you will not live in despair.
1: I think this is so good. And I did a little bit of research about this Lamentations verse, and they think Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations. A good number
0: do. There's some debate about that, but I think so. It just fits so much mm-hmm. with the weeping prophet idea of the book of Jeremiah itself.
1: Yeah. Well, and he wrote this specific verse that you read to us in the middle of the temple being destroyed, Completely and in the destroyed. middle of desolation and, and crazy times, which is kind of similar to what we're feeling some some effects of going on in our society right yeah. now. Yeah, If
0: you look at the verses before Lamentations 3.22, it, it is total despair, total darkness, total discouragement. I mean, the place is in ruins. There's no hope whatsoever, seemingly. And yet out of that, Jeremiah says, hey, remember, if the sun comes up in the morning, (laughs) there's always hope. God's mercies never end. They're new every single morning. I think people need to grab that today more Mm -hmm. than ever, Jen, because if you let the endless news cycle inform your emotional well-being. You're going to live in constant despair Mm -hmm. because the world's news cycle knows that if it bleeds, it leads, that there's something negative and dark in all of us that wants to be fed. Mm -hmm. If you feed it, it's an incessant, voracious monster that just wants more darkness, Mm -hmm. and at some point you'll fall into depression. That's Mm -hmm. why the second major cause of death in America today between the ages of 10 and 34 is suicide. Wow. Children at 10, adults to 34 suicide. They've given up hope. They've fallen into despair. So Mm -hmm. it's a great word, I think, again, for all of us. Hey, if the sun comes up in the morning, there's always hope. Don't Mm -hmm. take your life, please. You leave so many people in despair. You also don't give a chance for God to redeem your life.
1: That's so beautiful. What a sobering reminder and a powerful word for us. Thank you so much, David.
0: And I'll end as I began. Hey, folks, if the sun comes up in the morning, there's always hope. Guess what happened this morning? The sun came up.
1: This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Moments of Hope Church. We would love to have you join us for worship this Sunday morning. We meet at Providence Day School, located at 5800 Sardis Road in South Charlotte at 10 a.m. You can find more information on our website, momentsofhopechurch.org. And while you're online, be sure to sign up for David's daily Moments of Hope, delivered every morning to your inbox. And also check out David's HopeCast. They're both free and available at momentsofhopechurch.org. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston asking you to pray for spirit-led leadership for the church.